Hey there, listeners. This is ASUO and you. My name is Ryan Wynn, and I'm the Emerald's podcast editor and former ASUO reporter. Today, we're going to be talking about ASUO's executive branch, what it is and what it does. I have two wonderful guests with me today. Could you introduce yourselves? Hello, my name is Amani Dorsey. I use she, her, hers pronouns, and I am the ASUO internal vice president. Hey, y'all. My name is Maria Alejandra Gallegos Chacon. I use she, her, hers, and they, them, their pronouns. Um, I'm your ASUO student body president, and we are both class of 2019. So, the executive branch. We've talked previously before about how the ASUO is very similar to the U.S. government. So with the ASUO executive branch, what exactly does it consist of? What parts are there to it? The executive presidents is made up of like one president, two vice presidents, and then like a chief of staff. And then you're allowed to have like a cabinet that's meant to serve like your campaign and like goals uh, for the year. So what does the president do on a day-to-day basis? Oh, on a day-to-day. <laughs> I go to like a thousand meetings. Um, like kind of half kidding, but not kidding. Um, you are like a spokesperson for students, everything. And a lot of times you're the only student who's allowed to be at those meetings because a lot of these are like like higher level meetings that happen like around like campus planning for example, is something they do have hearings, but there's like other meetings such as discuss like the plans for 10 years out. And like a lot of times I'm the only one who's like informed on that. That's not an administrator. Um, you go to like student group meetings, student events, um, different meetings with different administrators of different parts of the university to see how we can be a bridge for students to them and like kind of figure out how like a lot of times when students have issues like when students have issues with police or have issues with housing a lot of times they'll come to ASUO um even though we're not necessarily like the people that could fix that problem for them but then I know who to pass them on to um and like this and also I would say you're a representative to the state so not just here on the UVO but for like state like legislators like down in our capital at Salem and like around the other universities we all kind of like know each other in in some ways I'd like to collaborate more with other universities but we kind of like are representative what the UVO wants and needs across the state what we expect to see from our legislators what we expect to see from other universities we're like a flagship university so a lot of schools kind of like look up to us to see what we're doing and the vice president, plural, can be plural, um, next year, I don't think it will be plural, um, but this year there's two vice presidents, and I think our executive um, is very non-hierarchical, whereas in past years it's usually been like president is like like final say or like end all be all, um, and then the VPs are kind of like consultants, um, whereas this year I think we're trying to make it very... I don't know. I don't know a synonym for non-hierarchical, but yeah, not like that. Obviously, Maria, um, as the president to like the student body and to other people on campus, she's kind of like the point person. Um, but she delegates a lot of work to me and Ivan, um, who are her, her VPs, and then we collaborate a lot based on what our goals are for like our 
our campaigns um, and our goals for the year as a slate. And we just kind of just like break things down from there. There's like VPs and then um, based on the campaigns that each of us have decided to be like tagged to and are like passionate about, we'll create like positions underneath us. So yeah. Could you talk a little bit more about the sort of work that vice presidents do? Mm-hmm. Because what I'm hearing is that there's a lot of work that's delegated from the president, but what kind of work do the VPs do on their own, you know? Yeah, a lot of it, a lot of what we do isn't solo. We go to a lot of meetings um, that are for like our specific campaign. So for example, I work on tuition. That's like my thing for this year is tuition. Um, so I'll go to a lot of meetings regarding like decision makers or with decision makers about tuition um, and then kind of like report back to everyone else. But that's kind of like my main thing. And then I use the resources that are given to me through like the individuals that exist in the like executive cabinet or other people in the ASUO um, to kind of execute my my plans. And y'all's other BB, Ivan Chen, isn't here, but what are sort of the, what are some of the campaigns that he's been working on? He's working on food insecurity, um, particularly he's, he was on the task force last year as well, so he kind of carried, I think the way that Amani, Ivan, and I, we all like dispersed our work was by like, just like our level of expertise on stuff. Um, I like, obviously I'm involved with tuition and stuff, but like. Amani's like the expert on it, so she spearheads it. And then Ivan knows about food insecurity and has been working on it for a really long time, so he spearheads that. So they're rolling out like alleviation programs, like the free texts. So now when I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, but alleviation programs, could you yeah, elaborate on that a little excited. bit more? Very excited. Ducks together. Ducks together. <laughs> coming at you live. Um, so uh, President Schill and ASUO, but this was like an initiative brought up by ASUO was to start these like food insecurity alleviation programs one of which will be starting like right in the fall um which is this we don't have a name for it but you're going to sign up for like a text alert essentially through DuckWeb, where they'll text you anytime that there's like a free food event kind of situation then there's also going to be this like call it's going to be like a food pantry that happens like three times a term where or no sorry not a food pantry a grocery mark like groceries market, farmers market, farmers market, farmers market <laughs> with fresh fruit, um, somewhere around the EMU three times a term where you can just go take free food, fresh food. And then the other one, which is going to take longer because it's actually creating two new positions is to have two social workers that are specifically dedicated to helping students apply for stamps and like other like state aid. And then also looking into getting the food pantry on campus is another initiative. But the three programs that I mentioned beginning are things that he's all helping craft right now and they're going to be rolled two of them are rolled out in the fall and I think the other one will be rolled out probably in the next year so yeah Ivan does a lot um but I think it's like based on like what we were all good at and like doing yeah that's the that's kind of like the the nice thing about the ASUO is every year it changes based on who the executive cabinet is like it's really like like there's some like things that are outlined in the GTN about what we're like expected to do but also it's a lot of it's mainly shaped by by us and like what our goals are for the year. Um, mm-hmm. We we carried um, quite a few things. We've taken on a few things from like past years because these things don't like get solved overnight. Um, so it's kind of just like revamping it, finding more creative ways to do things. Mm-hmm. Amani mentioned that the GTM, which is kind of like our governing document, outlines like what the president and vice president do, but it's only like like 12 points 
and and so and that's not all that we do so like technically the vice pre it says for the vice president to serve as an ex officio member on student senate and like to work with the ASU president but like Amani obviously does like a lot more than just like sitting on senate and like just like doing whatever I tell her to like that's not how it works <laughs> and like mine says like to go to the speak at graduation convocation and like uh, oversee the budget but then that doesn't account for like all the other things that it has grown into it doesn't outline here that we have to be a state representative essentially but we are so it's whatever i think each cabinet dictates as mm -hmm. important um but there's some things that i think have been carried on as tradition that aren't mentioned in the document so you mentioned that there are two vice presidents an internal vice president and an external vice president and i was just wondering what the difference was between those two. It's a little, seems like a strange division to me. Yeah, I think it's because a lot of other campuses only have one vice president. Um, so I think our campus is a little unique um, in that for a while there, there's been two. Um, and that's mainly because I think there's so much work that past executives have done where they're like, this cannot be done only by two people. So they spread it out into like three people. So for example, Internal vice president historically has dealt with um, like the in internal ASU things. So, for example, they would be the person who like I'm internal VP. So I'm for a majority of the time going to be sitting on Senate as the ex officio member and then dealing with other like inner workings of ASUO and external VP like, kind of as the name says deals with like outside correspondence. Y'all mentioned that there was also an executive cabinet and I know that recently Y'all have been working to sort of shuffle up the positions on the cabinet, adding some new ones, maybe combining some old ones, maybe re removing them. And I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. Mm -hmm. um, we added some new positions that we thought would. So, well, I should start out by saying each executive team, vice presidents and president, constitutionally have the right to make up their own cabinet. There is not like a layout of how it is besides like you can look at the ones from the years before but there's not anything that says how we have to do it and so we get to make up like essentially our own support team of to carry out like different campaigns which we added like a tuition advocate a food insecurity advocate um specific to our campaigns but like stuff like having a safety and wellness coordinator is a position at first we didn't think we would need but then we realized that we would and like there's just so many different departments to the uvo that you need someone tagged to that just because like you need a point person at all times for them you need a resource at all times for students and so that's kind of what the cabinet does also because like even between i would yeah i would say between me ivan imani and tan because i do rely on tan perkins my chief of staff a lot our schedules are also like all over the place so sometimes like we all can't be at something so we need like to have backup people there or people who are more knowledgeable of that like area than us so i'd say that's what the cabinet's for i don't know i feel like we got more grief about changing our cabinet than other executives <laughs> did but everyone's allotted to it everyone has done it everyone's mixed it up on their own mm -hmm. um we just did it based on like I mean, Amani and Ivan also were on cabinet, so they knew a lot about what they thought was useful and what wasn't. Yeah. Is there a minimum or a maximum number of cabinet members that need to be in a cabinet? No. I don't think there's a minimum. There's no minimum. I mean, the maximum would be, like, whenever you run out of stipend money. 
when you have people working out stipends. But technically, there's no... I mean, we could pay everyone, like, 50 bucks and, like, have, like, a huge cabinet. But we didn't want to do that. <laughs> How many cabinet members do y'all have right now? I think it's 24, including us. And are there any cabinet positions that are so essential that they just need to be kept on every year? Any more traditional ones like that? I think ones that are kept a lot are... State affairs. State affairs, yeah. State affairs is always on the executive cabinet um, because we are a member campus for the Oregon Student Association. So that's like one of the main things that person does. Who else? Like I'd say like your finance director. Finance director, a programs coordinator usually, a communications director. Yeah. And Imani, you've worked, you've been on the cabinet along with Ivan, and I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit more about what it was like and what your day-to-day was like being on the cabinet. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being on the cabinet a lot um, because, yeah. oh, sorry. Sorry to interrupt. You were the state affairs commissioner, yes? Yeah, I was a state affairs commissioner. Um, that position was really fun because I think that one's one of the more uh, like involved positions. Um, then the other one, especially since the scope is kind of big since it's state level, whereas we also had like a local affairs and also a university affairs. Um, so those people had different positions than or had different responsibilities than me, but we all collaborated a lot. The executive cabinet was cool because the the VPs kind of hired based on what the their campaigns were. And then as the year went on, we kind of compartmentalized ourselves into those campaigns based on what our like skill set was. So I was on tuition because the state affairs commissioner deals a lot with like educational affordability for higher ed. Um, and so that and that like knowledge worked well with the tuition advocate. But it was really fun. I mean we I'd be in the office a lot, doing office hours, meeting with people. We, we you get like interns if you're in like ASUO and the executive cabinet had a lot of interns um, just because we had like a specialty that people were interested in. Um, and then every week we would have a meeting with where everyone would get together and kind of update um, what's going on with their like responsibilities, like what the, what they're up to and updating the whole cabinet on that and seeing areas where we could join together and like help each other out or do more outreach, things like that. And I was also wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the positions that were removed or combined into other positions. Yeah, we, so in the past executive, there was um, a state affairs commissioner and an organizing director. And we kind of merged those together because a lot of the work that state affairs does is organizing. And so the organizing director position, it like was added, but it was kind of like, like frivolous because those two positions kind of overlapped a lot in their work. So we turned them into one thing, especially this year since the state affairs is going to work less on tuition since we added a tuition advocate. So before, like last year, I felt like I was spread really thin and I was like, I only get paid this much money for what I'm doing. Whereas this year, I think it'll like fit more with the stipend amount. So what else did we get rid of? (laughs) (laughs) Um, we didn't have we didn't put on a fraternity sorority life liaison, which I think is usually there, but there was like a couple reasons of of why I think we went with that. One is that we have so many people who are in FSL that we didn't feel like we needed any more representation because like 
in past years, um, you know, you have, like, president, vice president, and then, like, usually, like, other Senate members who are also in fraternities and sororities. So you have that tie already. And their concerns are definitely brought to us. Like, there's people ask me to plan around Shasta a lot. Um, please don't ask me to do that. That's weird. Um, but you know, like stuff like that happens. And then the other thing was that with our, um, gender and sexuality advocate, what, and our safety and wellness advocate, I wanted them to work with, like FSL does a lot of good work around sexual assault prevention and like kind of education. And so I wanted that to be through our also safety and like sexual assault prevention and education programs as well rather than just have someone who would do office hours in the center for fsl and like not really do much but we're still going to be working with them they're still represented yeah and stuff the, like in, that in the emu there's a lot of centers that exist that we feel that there's it's not necessary to have like a liaison in the asuo because there will be someone who you like based on the positions that we changed or like kept, there will be someone you can talk to regarding your like issue or like whatever you need the ASU for. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are unfortunately out of time today, but I was just wondering if either of you wanted to add anything before we finish up for today. Apply. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we still have like a few positions open. Um, and apply if you're interested or like. Apply for the internship because if you are an intern for the executive cabinet, you can kind of it just kind of opens your door to the ASUL. That's how I kind of got my foot in. So yeah. yeah, and I like encourage you to like reach out to the ASUL for any. I mean, I feel like people do reach out for anything, but like if you're ever like just want to know what it is, I've like had some really cool conversations with people who are like touring. You know, like the freshmen are coming around, they're coming for introduction, they come in by accident. We end up talking having a great time and like they learn so much about what their school resources are i feel like i've learned a lot more too about what the resources i have as president i was like i didn't know there was this many services for like students with disabilities or like educational disabilities and stuff like that so we're helpful i promise come by we have an espresso machine (laughs) yeah we have an espresso machine (laughs) and by the way i just wanted to ask but I just have one last question for y'all. Is it oh. difficult finding people to apply for these sorts of positions in maybe the executive cabinet or anything like that? I feel like it's not that challenging. You just have to do, like, outreach to Because a lot of people don't know they exist, like, the positions exist, um, unless you, like, are familiar with the ASUO. Um, but it's all up on our, like, website. We just need to do more, um, like, targeted outreach to make ourselves more visible and more like transparent. So, I mean, I think also like with the campaign, we saw like a lot of excitement around it. Oh yeah. And we actually had a mm-hmm. lot more students like of color and students from other marginalized backgrounds apply that traditionally have not applied at That's the rate that they had in the past <laughs> years. And I think that has to do not just with like that we did really intensive outreach and campaigning yeah. for the time that we were allowed to, but also because you can't really imagine yourself doing something if you don't see like that kind of leadership so I feel like seeing students that look like you in leadership positions is like encouraging to go because there's just like a lot look of I like think you care about the same things that you do yeah yeah it's like and it can be intimidating like again like 16 million dollars like a lot of students when they apply they're like I've never managed 16 million dollars and I'm like neither have I but we're gonna learn <laughs> so well, that's all we have time for today. You just heard us talk about what the ASUO executive branch is. And again, I'm Ryan Wynn. And this has been ASUO and You. Thank you. Thanks, bye. <laughs>